This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good evening, Bucknutters. Welcome to What We Learned Live following Ohio State's 49-10 victory over visiting Rutgers. Got a little fun there late, didn't it? I don't think our, our guy Greg Shiano liked that uh, fake punt. And people might say, oh, it wasn't like, yeah. Ohio State wasn't really doing a fake punt there, right? You know, I, I guarantee you what they told Mirko was kick it if there's nobody in front of you. Or kick it if there's somebody in front of you. If there's nobody in front of you, go, since Rutgers has done every like trick in the book. So, uh, sorry, Greg, but um, don't get mad. You come in here doing every fake play in the book, and then one gets thrown back at you, and you come like running across the field to confront right. Come on now. Now, I'm glad cooler heads prevailed, and I'm glad that the coaches hugged it out afterwards. But uh, welcome into the show. I'm Dave Biddle. What we learned live, Ohio State 49, Rutgers 10, Buckeyes move to 5-0 on the season. Very impressed with where this team is at. I like their attitude. I like everything about them. Um, would like a little bit uh, more health on this team. Um, that's my maybe uh, my uh, one uh, minor concern is uh, the overall health, but it's football. Five games in. It's not like catastrophic by any means. It's kind of normal, um, but uh, still, that would be my one concern right now. Um, really, really, really liking what I'm seeing out of this team right now. We're going to hear from Patrick Murphy and Steve Hellwagon later after they get done with uh, post-game interviews, which I'm sure will be interesting. So that'll be much later in the show. I'm going to get to what we learned, and then we'll take some questions from you guys. Uh, if you have questions, please hold off for now, and then I'll get to them, because if you ask them now, I might not see them. Um, so we learned, like, Emeka Buka, who I love, like started the game off with a muff punt, which gave <laughs> Rutgers an early 7-0 lead. Um that's going to happen. You know, I, I still like a Mecca in that role. Um, you know, that stuff is going to happen. Uh, I am going to retweet the show right now. You know, another thing we learned, um, did we not already know that Mayan Williams was fantastic? And from everything I'm hearing, like uh, Travion Henderson could have played tonight. I think they talked about this on the TV broadcast too. Uh, he could have played, he was dressed, 
you know, but like, why play him if you don't have to? Um, and Mayan Williams is just a dog. How about Mayan? Like, ties the school record with five touchdowns, you know, 181 yards, I believe he finished with. He's averaging like seven yards per carry on the season. You know, have fun tackling that guy, right? Have fun tackling Mayan Williams. So we learned Mayan Williams is that dude. He is that dude. And I'm not down on Travion Henderson at all. Like, I just, I love that, you know, they were, first of all, I love that they were able to give him, because I know he was just nicked up. It wasn't anything serious. I love that they were able to give him a night off um, to get him healthy for next week at Michigan State. And by the way, Michigan State doesn't look that good, do they? Um, but still, you know, Mayan Williams looks great. So we learned Mayan Williams is an absolute stud. As you guys know, I always have my my detailed. I, yeah, I'm old school. I, I still write out the notes. I still write out the notes, man. I don't know. Old school style. So Mayan got the start, and I was thinking, okay, maybe, you know, they're going to mix Trey on, in there a little bit. Trey was a little bit, like, nicked up, so makes sense. Um I mean, I just love the way Mayan ran that ball. Very early in the game, we learned that Tanner McAllister got hurt. And I was like, I literally wrote down, shit, McAllister's hurt because we already knew Cam Martinez was out. Kai Stokes came in there, true freshman Kai Stokes. How about all these true freshman DBs we're seeing? We saw Jair Brown get a start last week. J.K. Johnson's a redshirt freshman. We saw, we saw Sonny Styles play a lot, even tonight as a true freshman. And then Kai Stokes the star of the spring kind of of the new enrollees got in there and, you know, basically played the entire game because Tanner McAllister got hurt early. We learned Kai Stokes played well. Kai Stokes had a really big uh, tackle for loss late in the game. I mean, I say really big. I, it, it wouldn't have made a difference in the winner loss category, but it still was, was good to see that uh, Kai Stokes got in there and made that play. Um, and good for him because he, Kai Stokes has mostly been repping at the adjuster. And, you know, the free safety, you know, that Ronnie Hickman role. And he had to go in there at that slot safety because the two slot safeties are Tanner McAllister, Cam Martinez. Cam Martinez was out tonight with an undisclosed injury. And then McAllister got hurt early. Um, looked like he got dinged and he wanted to come back in there. And they took his helmet away from him because this is not the Miami Dolphins training staff. So they didn't let him come back in there. And uh, so then Kai Stokes had to play. Um, so, I mean – you know, am I being too hard on JT Tumolo Al? He didn't look like that good to me tonight. JT Tumolo Al, I, I want more out of him. I like him, and I think he's played well overall, but I, I think we learned JT Tumolo Al needs to bring more to the table, and I'm probably being too hard on him. I need to rewatch the game. This is why I do the written version of what we learned every Monday after I rewatch the game. So maybe he was doing things. And listen, I, I, I talk about it all the time, like, defensive linemen are not measured on their stats, not even defensive ends, especially not D tackles. But JT Tuimolo-Wow is a D end. He's still not measured on his stats, so I, I need to watch it. If he's setting the edge, doing what he's supposed to do, but I just, watching it live, not having rewatched the game, obviously, since it just ended, didn't think JT Tuimolo-Wow had a great game. Um, Tommy Eichenberg, I call him Tommy Eichenbuckus. He's looking great out there. Tommy Eichenbuckus. And he was the second best linebacker for Ohio State tonight because Steel Chambers had his game of his life. And that has nothing to do – that's no shot at Tommy Eichenbuckus because that was just Steel Chambers having the game of his life. How about Steel Chambers? That was so cool to see. So cool to see. Um, Double-digit tackles, had an interception. Zach Harrison played well. Zach Harrison was the one that got like his hand on it to get Steel Chambers the interception. 
two tackles for loss for Steel Chambers. We learned Steel Chambers. Um, we're wondering who like is the leader in the clubhouse there at that Will linebacker because Knowles is still trying to figure it out. Cody Simon and Steel Chambers kind of play an even amount of snaps. And I thought Cody Simon looked good tonight, but it's like Steel Chambers is probably the main man there. So I thought, you know, we learned that uh, Steel Chambers looked really good. You know, I, we learned that, we learned that uh, C.J. Stroud did not help his Heisman campaign tonight. I don't think he necessarily hurt it all that much, but, like, would have liked to see him get, like, three touchdowns and not have that uh, that bad interception to start the second half. Because, you know, now Bryce Young didn't really. I mean, I didn't see the very end of the game, but Alabama was struggling. I know they got – they pulled away late, but um, C.J. Stroud's still the runaway favorite to win the Heisman. If he doesn't get hurt, he's going to win the Heisman, in my opinion. Lock that down. Um, Denzel Burke, again, not very good. Not very good. I, I don't know what was up with the number 10 with Denzel Burke. Um, had to kind of uh, see who, like, who's number 10 out there? Like, who was that? Is Troy Smith out there playing corner? No, that was Denzel Burke. I don't know why he's not number one. Obviously, it's probably because, like, him and, and uh, Dallin Hayden are on special teams together. I'm just being facetious. But, like, yeah, at first I was like, who's 10? And I had to, like, oh, okay, Denzel Burke. Still not looking very good. Not looking very good. Um, kind of would have liked to see Jair Brown in there a little bit more. J.K. Johnson's looking good. Ronnie Hickman's looking good. Yeah, I mean, okay, here's another thing we learned. Paris Johnson Jr. is crushing folks out there. Watch Mayan's long touchdown run. I I, I rewatched it just because I rewound it a few times. Watch Mayan's long touchdown run. Paris Johnson Jr. at left tackle takes his man and basically from one hash mark to the other, not quite, but basically from one hash mark to the other, just takes his man and just, just Orlando paces him from one side of the field to the other. And Mayan Williams is like, thank you, my my fellow Cincinnati brother. Boom. 70 yards touchdown. Paris Johnson Jr. Coming into the season, it was like, is this one of those things where they're hyping him up too much? Number one offensive lineman off the board. You know, he's never played a left tackle. He hadn't even started a game at left tackle coming into the season. Are they hyping him up a little too much? Were they not hyping him up enough? Paris Johnson Jr. looks fantastic. Again, go watch. He played the whole game great. He's been playing great this whole season. Watch that Mayan Williams touchdown, that long touchdown. Again, takes his man, gets inside of him, really, I mean, I guess outside of him, and just throws him basically as they're both up to make sure he doesn't get caught for holding. He's inside of his shoulder pads and just shoves him to the other side of the field. Boom. Clear hole for Mayan, 70 yards for the touchdown. Love that. The whole offensive line, I'm loving what I'm seeing out of this offensive line. Um, the defense, love what I'm seeing out of the defense. Not talking about that enough. Jim Knowles up there in the, in the press box out there, you know, with his dip in there and just kind of, you know, with the dip can and spitting in there and just kind of just that mad scientist covering up what he says, you know. Um, don't you love that? Uh, Jim Knowles, you know, and, and the defense, we knew it would be improved, but that was the lowest bar in the history of bars. Very low bar. Lower, that's a lower bar than cheers, which is below ground, like very low bar. Like they needed to, to improve exponentially, and they did. They have, I love what I'm seeing out of this defense. Like now, Rutgers is a bad offensive team. We're not just talking about tonight, but do you not think this is a silver bullets defense? It sure is. So we learned that Jim Knowles was a home run hire as we thought he was. We've learned that Justin Fry was a home run hire as offensive line coach. I love what I'm seeing out of this O line. Mayan Williams is a stud. 
Tony Alford, I give Tony Alford so much credit. The way he develops guys. I mean, don't forget, I mean, J.K. Dobbins was really good when he came here. Really good. Thousand yard runners, a true freshman. Um, not as good as a, as a sophomore. What's he do his final year as a junior? The only 2,000 yard runner in Ohio State history. Tony Alford recruits well, develops well. And he's a great man, too. Like, he's like the dad of the guys on the team. How about Ryan Day getting after it with Greg Schiano? If you're just now tuning in, like, I love that. First of all, I'm glad cooler heads prevailed, so I'll preface it with that. Like, I'm glad afterwards they were hugged it out and everything was cool. But, like, Greg Schiano let his temper get the best of him. Don't come in here doing every trick play thinking you can do, like, any – like, he was throwing, like, the kitchen sink at Ohio State just to try and stay close. Then Ohio State does a fake punt, and he loses his mind coming across the field. And people say, oh, he's protecting his players. He wasn't protecting his players. He knew that everything was – he was coming over there because he was pissed off. Okay, and you can say, well, the game was like in, in, in hand by then. And maybe you're going to say, because I've heard people say this, oh, Ohio State wasn't really trying to do a fake punt there. I, I talked about this earlier. I guarantee you they told Jesse Murko, if there is a guy in front of you, punt it. If there's any question in, in your mind at all, punt it. If you have a clear path, run it. Because they've been doing every trick play in the book, and we're still whooping them, and they're still doing all this crap. If you can just go get that free first down, do it. And, and he did it. And Shiano didn't like that at all. You can't come running across the field and yelling at Ryan Day. And Ryan Day was ready for it. As I've told people on Twitter, people are like, oh, I thought Ryan Day was kind of like a little passive. Like, don't, don't get it confused. Like, Ryan Day is a tiger. Like, he is a bad MF. Like, he's not, like, to be messed with. He, don't get his, his pressers confused. Like, Ryan Day is a tough guy. Like, this is a guy who wasn't just a, a college quarterback which he was, and a good one at New Hampshire. He was also the captain of his high school baseball team. He was the captain of his high school basketball team. Obviously, the captain of his high school football team. This guy is the real deal. And you can't come running across the field like that if you're Greg Schiano, in my opinion. I mean, you just can't do that. And I don't care. You can't – of course, you're going to say you're, you're, you're sticking up after your guys. No, you were pissed off because you are getting it handed to you, and then the one time Ohio State does a trick play, you got mad about it. Can't do that. Unprofessional. We learned Josh Proctor played well. Like what I'm seeing out of Proc, like what I'm seeing out of Lathan Ransom. I love that, like, what happened that first week looked like it motivated Proctor. They benched him. <laughs> Noel's not messing around. Oh, you're, you're going to give up, like, a 50-yard play in the first play of the game then then not line up, right, the next two plays against Notre Dame. You're, you're out. Lathan Ransom in, and Ransom played great the rest of that game. And now what happens? Now what happens? You got two guys playing great at that boundary safety in Proctor and Ransom. And it's freed up other guys. We talked about Kai Stokes being able to play at the slot safety. So that's awesome. All right, let's take some questions. Let's take some questions. Put my uh, glasses on here so I can see what you guys are talking about. We got Eric on Facebook. This is a uh, comment more than a question. Ryan Day is a calculated killer. Just wait till November 26th. Harbaugh is going to eat that quote third base comment. That's exactly right, Eric. Eric, it almost felt like I told you to say that. I've been saying something similar to that like all off season. Like, by the way, what do you guys think uh, Harbaugh would not have said that? if he thought he was actually coming back this year, he thought he was going to go to the NFL. He thought he had that Vikings job. Ryan Day was born on third base, thought he had a triple. 
The day of reckoning is coming, Wolverines. <laughs> Brandon Harbor saying, Porkchop is two touchdowns away, DB. Yeah, if you missed my preseason prediction, I don't know if he's – is he two? Yeah, he is because he had five today. So he's got eight touchdowns already. So my my preseason prediction, my we had to make a bold prediction. And my – everybody at Bucknuts, my bold prediction was that uh, Mayan Williams would have uh, double-digit touchdowns this season. And some laughed at that. Should have said he'd had 20 touchdowns, right? Because 10 touchdowns now looks like an unfair fight. He's got eight through four games – five games, I'm sorry. Eight through five games. I'll take that. I'll take that, man. See, every once in a while, I get one right. Every once in a while, I get one right. Kind of different than Desmond Howard, who never gets one right. Does J.K. – this is from Trey Six on Facebook. Does J.K. Johnson start over Cam Brown or Denzel Burke? Not over Cam Brown. Cam Brown's been really good to me this year, Trey, when he's been healthy. He's been their best corner, so I think he'll still start if healthy. What's concerning about Cam Brown is like this is now a pattern. He just can't seem to stay healthy, and I'm you know I'm concerned about it. I don't, but you know, I like what I'm seeing out of J.K. Johnson though. You know, I know I know they're thin at corner, but like, man, these young corners are playing well. Like somebody pointed out, Ryan Turner had a sack late, the true freshman. Like that, like that, like that. We have Robert going. Um, uh, <laughs> Worlds are colliding, saying, who are they going to beat them Buckeyes? I, I like it. My fellow Bengal and Buckeye fan. I see, I see you. I see you working. Joey's saying Michael Hall looked decent. Yeah, he looked good. He looked good. A lot, of, a lot of comments. Tommy on Facebook saying, we are not going to lose a game. I like this team. I like this team a lot. I like this roster. I like this coaching staff. This, it feels like a complete coaching staff. Like, I love this coaching staff, and I love this roster. CB on YouTube. Do I think they were trying to pad Stroud's stats deep in the red zone? See mine. Seems like mine up the middle was the easy call. It did seem like that for a couple plays, but then mine got five touchdowns total, so it's hard to say they were padding Stroud's stats. It did feel like for a couple plays they were trying to get him touchdowns, but eventually they just, all right, mine, you get your – mine tied the school record tonight with five touchdowns. Him, Pete Johnson, and somebody else have had five touchdowns in a game. So, unbelievable. Brandon. Brandon Williamson on Facebook saying Jair Brown should be starting. Um, Yeah, if you're saying he should be starting over Denzel Burke, I hear you. I mean, Denzel's not playing well. He's got to step it up. And Jair, I like him a lot. I like him a lot. Bucknuts88 saying Steel Chambers looks like an NFL draft pick. Yeah, he did tonight. He did tonight. Like, I I need to, I need to see like the consistency out of him because there's been times this year where he's missed tackles. There's a reason that Knowles knows Tommy Eichenberg is the middle linebacker, period. No questions about it. There's a reason he's rotating at the will because he's not sure. And, and you could say it's because he likes both of them a lot. Okay, that's fair. Cody Simon and Steele. But Steele took a step tonight. Or maybe he's going to lock down that job. We'll see. Steven on YouTube. Ty Leak and Burke have regressed, but the rest of the defense has improved, he says. Yeah, I would agree with that, especially Burke. Especially Burke. We've heard all that Ty Leak's in better shape. 
Maybe he needs to get what maybe just do what he was doing last year and be in worse shape, but like only play like 10 snaps. I don't know, because he was disruptive every time he was in there last year. I'm I'm joking. I don't want him to be out of shape. Rightful one on YouTube. Buckeyes even haven't even had their best performance yet. Waiting for the game. I'm sure they're holding some stuff back. And you think we're not all like fired up about that? Think about Ryan Day and this team. Think about that. Abe on YouTube. Chambers went nuts. He sure did. Like, what, 12 tackles, two tackles for loss and interception. Absolutely love it. Brandon on Facebook. Edge rush. I think that means you're you're probably disappointed with the edge rush. Jack Sawyer. They're getting the ball out quick. I hear you, though. I mean, I'm sure they want more um, sacks than what they're getting, but um, I still feel like they're being disruptive. I, I feel like JT... Tuimo Lowell is not quite where I thought he'd be, but I thought I think they're being disruptive. I think they're being disruptive. Obviously. Now, Rutgers is off. Rutgers' offense is awful. We have to be clear about that. But Ohio State just completely dominated the total yards. Dom, if not for that, and I love Emeka. I'm not calling Emeka out or anything. If not for that muffed punt by that drop punt by Emeka to give Rutgers seven points. I mean, they, I mean. I mean, who knows? I, they wouldn't have scored a touchdown, in my opinion. So, um, Rutgers is terrible offensively, but I still like where this Ohio State defense is at. Love where it's at because what are they doing? They're, they're attacking. They mix things up well. They're aggressive. They're fast, and they're physical. You're going to give up against good teams. You're going to give up some good plays here and there, big plays here and there. But, like, give me this type of defense. This is exactly what I wanted. Exactly what I wanted. Jim Knowles, kudos to him and what he's doing, and kudos to the players. Blake Ninja on YouTube. Mayan is a better running back than Trey. Trey had one big game against Tulsa last year and ran ran for 271. He said four games above 100 yards. Mayan runs harder and he has better vision and is tough to get down, says Blake Ninja on YouTube. Listen, I think a lot of people would agree with you on that. Um, I love both of them. Trey's been running hard this year. I I think we just look at what he did last year as a true freshman. Um, I think instead of like trying to pick between them, I think we should – I'm not going to tell you guys what to do as Buckeye fans. Do whatever you want to do. I think you should just relish in the fact they've got two really good running backs, excellent running backs, and I love Mayan Williams. You guys know. I mean, this is I've been touting Mayan Williams as much as anybody coming into the year, maybe more than anybody. So I'm not going to tell you to like be down on Mayan Williams and not talk him up. I've been talking him up as much as anybody. But don't be down on Trey Henderson. He's been running hard this year. Look at the highlights from the Wisconsin game. This guy, this kid is running hard. Um, he hasn't had that one lane yet where he could break it, but he's going to hit some home runs this year. I love that one-two punch. Love it. And I'm glad because Henderson could have played tonight. Absolutely could have played. But they were able to hold him out, keep him fresh. Uh, let Mayan, you know, Mayan's out there. He's healthy. Let Dallin Hayden come in there late. I love it. Don't be down on, on Trey. We don't need to pick between our children here. If you say... This is the best one-two punch at running back at Ohio State since Archie Griffin and Pete Johnson. The best one-two punch at running back at Ohio State since Archie Griffin and Pete Johnson. Period. All right, let's get back into it. Joey on Facebook, he smells a national championship. I like what Joey is smelling. I like what Joey is smelling. Oh, we got a Michigan fan in the house. Michigan has played actual competition the past two weeks. OSU has played trash for four weeks. Okay. Um, 
Toledo would probably beat like um I don't know whoever you guys played like a few weeks ago. I can't remember like uh who'd you guys play like like Hawaii, like the worst team. Like Michigan had I'm not I'm not even joking. Like I love we have a Michigan fan coming here trying to troll me. Like I'll come with with you with facts. First of all, like how many wins this century for Michigan? Three. How many for Ohio State? 17. So 17 to three record looks pretty good to me for Ohio State. Second of all, Michigan has had the easiest schedule in the country. Not hyperbole. There's 131 teams in college football in the non-conference schedule. Michigan, the 131st easiest schedule. The easiest schedule in the country. Hawaii, Colorado State, UConn. Three of the worst 10 teams in the country. And listen, Please keep talking shit to Ohio State, please, if you're Michigan, because you've got to come here on on November 26th. This is not two years ago. You've got to come here for the first time in four years. It's not going to be a good day for you at all. Not going to be a good day for you. I've seen you play now. I've seen you play against Maryland last week. Maryland's a good team. If not for the ball hitting off that dude's face mask, they might beat you. He won that game by seven points. Even today, eh, shaky. And you got to come to the horseshoe. It's going to be a bad, bad, bad day on November 26th, Michigan. A bad day. Keep talking, though. I want to keep – come on. If you're a Michigan fan, keep talking. I want to hear you. I want to hear you talk. Because I think if you're 3-17 and 17 against a team, I think you should probably talk a lot. Let's go. Listen, just give, give Harbaugh an extension. I think, like, winning games over, like, Maryland by 7 and Hawaii, you know – I think you should give him a lifetime contract. Let's go. You know, he's won one game against Ohio State. One in five. One in five. Last time he came to the horseshoe, what happened? Got the doors blown off of him. All right, who's got any questions? I know. I know you guys agree with me about Ohio State dominating Michigan. It's the easiest, like, it's like saying Tesla is like a, an electric vehicle. It's like obvious. Obviously, Ohio State's way better than Michigan. Everybody knows that. Mayan Williams is a beast. Buckeye Gordon says that's right. All right, who's got some? Who's got some questions? Who's got some questions? We got Chris on YouTube. Do I think if not for the turnovers, the defense pitches a shutout? They definitely wouldn't have given up a touchdown. Yes, I think they would have pitched a shutout. I predicted this game 52-7. to I'm a little mad that I didn't predict it correctly. I was close. 49-10, I predicted 52-7. to Yes, for sure. Obviously, they wouldn't have scored a touchdown if not for that muffed punt. John on YouTube. Ryan Day is not playing enough players in the second half. Agree. I don't know. I mean, it was only 28 to seven at halftime. You don't want to like win this game, like 42 to 17 and everybody be like, well, what's wrong with Ohio state? They only won 42 to 17. So even 49 to 10, I think that looks good. The spread was exactly 39. So that looks fine. But like, you don't want to lose style points. And despite what happened, I think those guys actually like each other. Day and Shiano. Richard on, of course, they're not going to call each other out. Ryan Day, this is from Richard on YouTube. Ryan Day says Shiano was defending his player, not upset about the fake punt. Do you believe it? No, because you don't come running all over the, uh, the other side of the field and start barking at the coach. Why would Ryan Day have been yelling and pointing at Shiano unless he knew that Shiano was talking shit to him? 
Like, let's be real about it. Like, no, I don't believe that. No, I give Ryan Day credit. Like, why, like, why call out Shiano? Cooler heads prevailed. Stuff we all know in sports. Stuff happens. Obviously, Shiano lost his mind there and came running across the entire field to Ohio State's sideline when protecting his player. His player was the one that hit Ohio State's player out of bounds. Ohio State's guys got got in his face, but it wasn't like they were, like, doing anything to him. They were just, like, basically, like, you can't do that. Like, it wasn't like his player was in harm's way. Get out of here. He was mad because he was getting his ass kicked, and Ohio State just did a fake punt. Period. Getting his ass kicked, and then Ohio State did a fake punt. And normally, I would not endorse a fake punt there. But when you come in here doing every fake play in the world, trick play, doing everything, like, you know, just take your medicine. Take your medicine. Paul said, then why did they apologize? I don't know if he apologized at the handshake. I think Ryan Day is just a classy guy, and they just hugged it out. Like, he just wanted to, like, as we've all done, if you've ever gotten into, a, like, a any type of, like, verbal altercation in sports, like, after a while, cooler heads prevail, and you're like, let's just, let's just squash it. Do you not think in the moment Ryan Day thought Shiano was completely in the wrong there? But still, he's still going to be classy and, and, you know, be a cool guy, be a classy guy, hug it out. (laughs) I mean, trust me, Ryan Day knew what was going on there. Don't get it confused at all. All right, let's talk about something else. I don't even care about that. Facebook user it's a great name for a facebook user literally his name is facebook user our running game is looking good yeah i i would agree with that mayan williams in the house lanny on youtube do i think marvin harrison jr will get better with the 50 50 balls and tougher with handsy corners well i mean i i go from saying he catches everything then he did have a, i see what you're saying he had a little bit of a rough night tonight but like um yeah i mean you know I love Marvin Harrison Jr. I'm not concerned about him at all. Blake Ninja. <laughs> Second time we've heard from uh, our guy Blake Ninja on uh, YouTube. He says, I think Shiano has a little pent up frustration from getting his ass kicked in these games against Ohio State and from getting fired by Day. I don't think we can overlook that. Let's not forget when Day got the job. What did he do? Hey, everybody on the coaching staff except Larry Johnson out, kind of like what he did this past offseason. Jeff Halfley in. Maybe Greg Shiano wouldn't have wanted to stay. I don't know. But he wasn't off, offered the opportunity. Don't think that that's lost on him. These guys are like extremely, extremely heavy ego guys. I know I'm not breaking news there. Am I concerned about the backup quarterbacks if Stroud gets hurt? This is from RR on YouTube. Um, Concerned like... I mean, yeah, because I think Stroud's the best quarterback in the country, but, like, I couldn't imagine a better situation than having Kyle McCord and Devin Brown as as the second and third string. Like, they could still, like, you know, I mean, I don't know if they would, but, like, they could still, like, win it all with those guys. I love this team. Obviously, it would be a concern if they lost C.J. Stroud. He's a stud. He's going to go down as the most accurate passer in Ohio State history. I'm on record saying unless he gets hurt, he will win the Heisman this year. I mean, again, he's a runaway favorite right now. Today didn't help him. He didn't play bad. But, I mean, stats-wise, it would have helped if he had, like, a few more 
couple more touchdowns. Gino Bernardo on Facebook, thoughts on Penn State. He says he is nervous about that game. Yeah, I think Penn State, uh, along with Michigan um, and Maryland, those are the three toughest teams left and at Penn State. And everybody's going to say, well, it's not, a, it's not a wide out. It's not at night. It's still going to be a tough atmosphere. I don't know if it's going to be 3.30 or noon. It's still going to be tough. Penn State's a good team. They're not great, but they're good. Um, they're fast. They've got a really good freshman running back. They've got a good defense. Um, you know, I don't think James Franklin's a good, like, in-game coach, but he's a really good recruiter, and they've got a lot of talent on that team. I don't know if Sean Clifford, though, they're going to have to have multiple turnovers. I mean, Sean, you better have a dynamic quarterback to beat this Ohio State team because Ohio State's going to, like, get their share of points. And I, don't, I, I just – still, that'll be a tough game, though. Penn State looks at Ohio State as their number one rival. And uh, at Penn State, again, I don't. I know it's not a night game, but don't like act like it's not going to be a raucous atmosphere. It still will be. It just won't be as raucous as it would be if it was a night game. But um, yeah, that's that's a game that's certainly. I mean, you you have to if you're an Ohio State fan, um, and you know the history of that rivalry, even though it's not the main rivalry, you know that's going to be a tough game. It's very very few times Ohio State goes over there and just handles Penn State. I mean, it's happened. Very few times does it happen though. So you just got to go over there and take care of business. If you win that game by 10, you take it, you know. Um, if you win that game by a field goal, you take it. But uh, let's hope they win by 20, right, or more. But, like, if you go there and win that game by 10, which is kind of my gut feeling, it's going to be a tough game. But Ohio State beats Penn State by, like, 10. Be happy with that because that's going to be a tough game. Be happy in Happy Valley. And then be happy when Ohio State blows the doors off Michigan. Any Michigan fans still in here? Didn't think so. Because we can talk about it all day long. We can talk about it all day long. John is saying it's time to play McCord in meaningful snaps. Yeah, but I mean, you see what Day's doing. Though. I mean, like this game was a 21-point, three-store game at halftime. I'm sure he was hoping like Kyle McCord would play like the whole second half. But like, you know, a couple of turnovers in the first half. It's a 28-7 game. You want to make sure you get your share of style points. You know, so um, Sage Ohio on YouTube saying Williams and Chambers are a two-man wrecking crew as my dogs go crazy. Who let the dogs out? Yeah, looking really, really, really good out there. No doubt about it. A comment from Eric on Facebook. Cold weather and high winds seem to be Stroud's kryptonite. But it's good to know our defense and running game can help carry us if CJ has a bad night. I know, right? I mean, this is not last year. If CJ had a bad night last year, like, forget about it. Like, the Rose Bowl, Utah wouldn't have just won. They would have, like, blown Ohio State out if, if Stroud didn't have a good night. Like, the defense came to play in the second half. They were, like, missing in action in the first half. Um, thank goodness for CJ Stroud and Jackson Smith and Jigba and Marvin Harrison Jr. in the Rose Bowl, and they still barely won. My gosh, the defense was just just atrocious the last two years. Absolutely atrocious. Mickey B saying, any lip readers out there? I have to wonder what Shiano and Day were yelling at, at each other. I don't think they're having dinner afterwards. No need for a fake punt with a big lead. Again, though. Again, though. <laughs> Overall, I agree with your point, right, normally speaking. But Shiano is out there coming in here with every trick play in the book. Like, at some point, it's like, all right, man. And they were going after the block punt. They had they, they sold out going for the block. I guarantee you 
Parker Fleming, the special teams coach, and Ryan Day did not say flat out we're doing a fake punt. But, like, listen, if they're going to sell out blocking the punt, listen, if they want to, like, say, like, game's over and we're just going to, like, play the game, okay, cool. Listen, if you're going to sell out to block the punt, what we're going to do is we're going to roll out. Listen, if there's any doubt, punt it. If there's nobody in front of you, run it. And that's what Ohio State did. So, again, if you're Rutgers and you're saying, well, what are you doing doing a fake punt there? It wasn't really a fake punt. It was like, listen, if you're going to sell it to block the punt, then you're saying the game's not over yet, right? So we'll take that first down. And then if you're a head coach, guess what you cannot do? Come running across the field and yell at Ryan Day. So I don't, I don't, I don't care at all like what anybody says. I think that was the right move by Ohio State. I don't care. And even if it wasn't, you can't react the way Greg Schiano did. Completely unprofessional on his part. And, of course, Ryan Day is going to be classy and say, oh, he was just sticking up for his guys, misunderstanding. That's cooler heads prevailing and Ryan Day being a classy guy because Ryan Day is as classy as they come. Don't get it confused. Derek on Facebook, did Sonny Styles get much time with the first teamers? Not a lot, but he played, you know, and, you know, I love what Ryan Day said earlier this week. He said Sonny Styles is like, far ahead of where he thought he would be at this point. You know, he thought there would be a um, certainly like an acclamation um, to, and he admitted that he had trepidation, that he wasn't sure that he should have enrolled early. Um, but um, I mean, we know what happened with, uh, with Quinn Ewers. And when Ryan Day was talking about that, that like completely gave me Quinn Ewers vibes. And he was talking about like, it's not for everybody. It's tough to reclassify and come in here. And it's really hard. Uh, most Kids aren't ready for it. It was like Quinn Ewers, Quinn Ewers, Quinn Ewers. But like um, Sonny Styles, they came to him. It was the day of the Michigan State game last year. So the second to last game of the regular season. It was Sonny Styles, his father, obviously former Ohio State linebacker Lorenzo Styles, and Sonny Styles' mom, Lorenzo's wife. And they told Ryan Day, like, we're interested in, um, you know, enrolling early, not enrolling early, but reclassifying, graduating early and reclassifying. And Ryan Day said his his reaction was okay. Like, you know, like we're not going to tell you no. Um, but he did say he did like later have some trepidation about it, but um, he says, Sonny is, is ahead of where he thought he'd be very mature. Never thought he'd be playing this much. This is a kid who should be getting ready for uh, what he should have been playing week six of high school football um, this past week, week seven. Where are we at in high school week seven? He should have been playing big pick centrals week seven, high school football this past week. So Ryan day called him special. Ryan Day said he's going to be a great Buckeye. He didn't get a lot of first team reps, but he was out there. He was out there. All right, keep those keep those questions coming. I'm here for the I'm here for your questions. Eventually, we're going to hear from Patrick Murphy and Steve Hellwagon when the post game press conference is over. Um, yeah, exactly. Kind of on instinct. We have Sage Ohio saying the punter acted on instinct. But trust me, it wasn't just instinct. I'm sure the coaches told him, if you know for sure, Jesse Murko, that there is a clear lane, take it. It wasn't just instinct. It was them telling him. <laughs> DA Buckeye on Facebook saying, Shiano is a bum, period. I'm not going to go that far. I was even mad. I even called you. Go on my Twitter, Twitter feed right now. I called out Shiano multiple times. He's not a bum. 
Shiano and Rutgers are perfect for each other. Shiano's actually a good coach for Rutgers. He really is. I mean, like, look what he did for them. Like, they were nothing before he got there. Then he turned them into a good program. Hell, they were – they got, like, in the top five at one point during his first stint there. Um, Shiano and Rutgers are perfect for each other. Like, I didn't like what I saw out of some of that stuff tonight. I called him out. We can still call him out. But he's not a bum. He's not a bum. I'm not going to go that far. <laughs> Buckeye 80. Jim Harbaugh is the John Cooper of Michigan. I mean, seriously, I don't know if you're joking or serious, but look at the winning percentage. So John Cooper against Michigan. What was his winning percentage? 2-10-1. What's Harbaugh against Ohio State? 1-5. Do the math. And it's about to be one and six. And he's lucky that 2020 didn't happen or he'd be one and seven. So he's about ready to have a worse record than uh, John Cooper. And we are joined by Patrick Murphy live from Ohio Stadium. Patrick Murphy, how are you doing, my friend? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, Walking out of the press stuff now. Headed down to the field through the tunnel. So, uh, yeah, some good. What was said about, obviously, the little skirmish there when uh, Day and Shiana were barking at each other? I'm sure they downplayed it afterwards, but what what did you see there and what was said afterwards? Yeah, I, I almost missed it as I was about to head down to the field there, um, but I saw the replay of them. I, I think from what Ryan said, Jesse Mirko decided to take that on his own. He rolled out to punt like they planned and then (laughs) saw green grass and just took off. Ryan said he grabbed him afterwards and asked what the play was. And he said, you know, explain that. And he said, did somebody tell you to do that? He said, no. And Ryan said, okay, we'll talk about it tomorrow. So it was not called. Shano obviously was not pleased about that. And I think that's something you, you know, this is a kid who's only in his second year of really playing football and sees an opportunity to make a play and, I get it. And obviously the, the fact that he got hit late out of bounds probably didn't help anything because now everyone on the sideline is fired up and Shiano comes running over to defend his guys. And, you know, we know Greg Shiano, he's, he's a fiery guy. So I think, uh, you know, I think it was just kind of an in the moment thing. Ryan said after the game, he told Greg nothing but respect for you. And, and if you saw the post game handshake, it was very cordial. So I don't think there's any issues there. Those guys worked together for two years, I think, and had a good relationship from my understanding. I'm not buying for a second that Mirko did that on his own. Now, I'm not buying that they said flat out it's a fake punt. Here's what I saw. I rewound it several times. Here's what I saw. I think they told him, listen, if Rutgers is going to sell out to block the punt, which they did, and you know you have a clear lane, take it. If there's any doubt in your mind, punt it. I cannot imagine for the life of me Jesse Mirko on his own did that. And I don't fault Ohio State for not saying, yeah, we told him. Listen, listen, Rutgers, if the game's over, then don't sell it. to. They sold out to try and block that punt. It's like, okay, I'll just take the first down. And Shiano didn't like it. That's my take. I watched yeah, it over, and over I, again. Yeah, I can certainly see that. I mean, I imagine that, that Jesse Mirko's been told in practice, if the opportunity's there, he has the freedom to do it. We've seen that in the past, right, with guys. So – you know, I think it was uh, probably he saw the opportunity there. Did you need to do it in that situation? Probably not. But, uh, you know, you can make the argument on the other side like you did. Don't come after the punt. You know, 
for, you know, force turnover. I, I mean, there's, there's a lot of different ways you can avoid that situation if you're Rutgers. So also don't hit the guy out of bounds. I think that was uh, another thing. You didn't need to do that. Yeah. I don't care. I mean, if you're the head coach, you can't come running across the field like that. I, I haven't, I, I, I mean, we all watch football. How often do you see the opposing head coach come over there again? I've said it before. And I, you know, we talked to Shiano like in the tunnel at, at uh, Lucas Oil, like off the record. Like we all like. I like Greg Shiano, but like that pissed me off. Like I, he was mad that he was getting his ass beat, and he was mad that 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 fake pun happened. That's all that was. I don't I don't want to hear that he was defending his players. No, he let his emotions get the best of him. Um, Absolutely. I, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, I'm agreeing with you. I, I think that was a huge part of it, and, and maybe you know he sees one guy getting, you know, hit or not hit, but you know, the, the, they, there is the late hit. Everybody gathers around him. He's on the opposing sideline. So I see some of that, but I think you're definitely right. He was, he was not happy with the game and, and got emotional as we know he does. Yes. Yes. I have no hate for him. We all know no. in sports, Hey, Hey, in sports, you're going to like lose your mind a little bit at times. I get it, but like, I'm not, I'm still going like to call it, call it out. I know what I saw. Yeah. So yeah, you see, I was going to ask you to do it. See it. Yeah. I didn't even have to ask you. Yeah. Pat, no, don't get I was, dizzy. I'll was be like, one of those, I'll be like one of those minor league baseball, like contestants, like with the bat where you get dizzy and you fall down in the shoe. Beautiful. It is. Yeah. It's a, it's, I, it's, I said it's before beautiful. the season, I don't remember where, what I, who I was talking to, but it was on a, either a radio thing or a podcast that they asked about my favorite part about covering Ohio state. And I said, the opportunities like this to walk out in the field, whether it be pregame in the fourth quarter when we get to come down here or like this, you know, just thinking about all the, all the games that have happened here, all the cool moments and, you know, just kind of being able to be a part of it is, is pretty neat. So I hope you can kind of take it in. I was going to try as the players walk out from where we over there, where we do our post game stuff, they, uh, the players are usually with their families signing autographs for fans and stuff. And I was going to try and get it started over there, but they were kind of escorting us through uh, to let the players have room to, to do their thing. So I didn't get it fired up in time, but one of these days I'll get it up early enough that, you can kind of see that that post game stuff for fans there because it's it's pretty cool to see the players all with their families and and all the fans that are still waiting to get autographs and whatnot. To, a nice little in the moment type of thing. All right, let's talk some football. Um, yeah. Mayan Williams, my goodness gracious! Now I know Travion Henderson could have played. Like I love that they were able to rest Travion, even though he could have played. And Mayan out there just like just bouncing off people. He looks like you know, like that that dude that like flew into Brutus last week, you know, playing that human hamster ball, like just bouncing off people. I love it. Mayan Williams is getting it done. Ties the school record with five touchdowns. How about Mayan Williams? Yeah. I, I don't know how many touchdowns he's at. I think he's at eight. Would you say preseason? Bold prediction was 10. I think I, said double digits. I didn't say 10. I just, I okay, left it at well, double digits. All right. At least you laughed at me. Some of you laughed at me when I said yeah. Mayan Williams is at double digits. I should have said 20. You did. 20 would be a lot, but no. Uh, first of all, on Travion Henderson, Ryan Day said um, it was something that happened during warm-ups, lingering from his, his injury two weeks ago, it sounds like. Look, as you said, he was on the sideline. He looked fine in warm-ups from the, the bits that I was watching. So I'm not sure what exactly happened, but you know, I think if they needed him, he could have gone. So that's, that's positive. But they didn't need him because Mayan Williams is a beast – Let's remember, this kid committed to Iowa State, not a highly ranked kid. A lot of people were not excited about him outside of the program when, when they took him as a commit a few years ago. And he's come in, you know, it started probably with that Clemson run, 
and he's just coming and gotten better and better. This was a starting running back last year for Ohio State. And I think the best thing that he's been able to do before coming to this season is be available. I know he missed a game or two last year, but Travion Henderson keeps getting these these knocks and things that hold him out. Mayan Williams has kept working hard, and you know now you're seeing this all pay off. I mean, this is a Big Ten game, and, and Rutgers has – I know the numbers are probably a bit more inflated because of who they played, but this is a good Rutgers defense, a, a sound Rutgers defense that Greg Schiano has, has developed. You know, That's the side of the ball that he's on. That's the side of the ball that he's always been known for. And, you know, Mayan Williams ran through them with no problems. I mean, that's seven-yard run. Steve and I were both pretty sure it was his career long. Turns out we were wrong. Uh, 71 yards last year against Minnesota in that first game when he also when he also started. Um, so maybe starting him more often is, is the key to success. But, yeah, I mean, some of those runs where he's just, you know, piling through tacklers and – spinning off guys. I mean, he looked really impressive today. I'm excited to go back and watch some of those runs, even some of the ones that didn't go for a big game because he's just a fun guy to watch run. Um, You know, I, I, obviously the five touchdowns speaks for itself, but you know, just the way, and especially with the passing game, not being as it was the last couple weeks, put the ball in his hands. And and I think Ryan Day could have done it more. There were too many passes. I thought within the five yard line, I tweeted about that a couple of times. Just, just run the ball when you get down there. You, You don't need to throw it four or five times in the red zone when you have a running back as hot as Mayan Williams was today. That's just my take. Give me your thoughts on the defense. I like where this defense is at overall. Obviously, Steel Chambers with the game of uh, his career. Uh, I just like where this defense is at. I mean, Zach Harrison with the yeah. added ball to lead to the interception. Steel Chambers, a couple of tackles for loss. I believe 12 tackles. Just your thoughts overall on what you're seeing. Not just tonight, but like Jim Knowles and this defense after five games. I like where they're at, Patrick. I just keep saying it because it's so true. Comparing it to the last two years, guys are just doing what football players are supposed to do on defense. It's, you know, they, they haven't even done anything that crazy. Yeah, they, they bring some pressures. Yeah, Jack Sawyer moves around. Um, they do some pre-stap stuff. But I don't think we've even seen what this defense can do schematically because they haven't had to a ton. We've seen some of it. But, um, you know, the guys you mentioned, both of them were, were stars. Tommy Eichenberg had another great game as well. Uh, I talked about Zach Harrison on, on my podcast uh, on Friday, just that I think he does a lot of little things that don't get noticed or don't show up in the show up on the stat sheet. Tonight he had a forced fumble. Then he had the tip that led to the interception. I think, you know, he's a key part to this defense that maybe doesn't get talked about enough. Steel Chambers, the way he's flying around out there. I mean, he does it every week. And I think you're just seeing a guy in the second year of, of being a defensive player again, he knows what he's doing now. And, and last year he just didn't. And he wasn't getting coached by Jim Knowles. And I asked Steele just now in the press conference about, well, what's it like to have the defensive coordinator as your position coach? And he said he thinks it makes it better because uh, I, I don't want to misquote him there, but basically he said he's on our ass about the film all the time or, or about how we grade out all the time. And, you know, I think that that, that is uh, – a motivating factor for these linebackers. The defensive coordinator is in your room every day. And as Seal put it, he's the guy who invented this defense. So you've got to execute, and they have. What's your gut feeling on Jackson Smith and Jigba? That's kind of, you know, the elephant in the room. I mean, do you expect to see him back this month? I'm I'm just hoping he can come back in November. After what the bye. You- yeah, after the yeah. bye. I, no reason to bring him back next week against Michigan. Or even then, why? 
Patrick might be cutting out. He was out down on... here, and and uh, can you hear me? Yeah, you're good. You're good. Keep going. Live podcasting, my friends, from the Ohio Stadium, hundredth anniversary. All right, there you go. Keep going. Now I got you. You got me? All right. Well, we're having trouble with Patrick, but um, yeah. I love what I'm seeing out of this defense overall. I absolutely do. Patrick, let me know if you uh, get us back. JSN, I'm concerned he's going to be out for a while. What do you think, Patrick? Yeah, sorry. Um, The Wi-Fi died in the middle of the field, I guess. Um, No, I think that there's no reason to rush him back. I think that, as I was trying to say, he was warming up before the game, before anyone else got into the stadium. He was doing some runs. To be entirely honest, he looked pretty good to me. I mean, there was still obviously a noticeable little bit of a limp, but for the most part, he looked pretty good. But, no, I don't see any reason to play him before. Who they play after the bye week? Is that Penn State or Iowa, one of the two right away? So, you know, maybe that game, Iowa. If, okay, Iowa. if you're confident then in him. But I don't know why you risk him before that. Give him the extra week with the bye week. See where he is then. you not only for, for the Buckeyes, because you don't need him until later, but for him, too. You don't want this to be a thing that, that becomes a bigger issue for him. You know he has he has pretty big NFL goals. Thank you very much, Patrick Murphy. I appreciate it. We're going to bring Steve Hellwagon in. Thank you, Patrick. Right. Appreciate it, my friend. Yep. See you, guys. See ya. <laughs> All right. Steve, your thoughts. Ohio State 49, Rutgers 10. What do you think about this win overall for the Buckeyes? I was a little bit disjointed, I think. I mean, when you muff a punt early in the game and uh, you give Rutgers a touchdown to start the game, uh, that was kind of tough. Denzel Burke got beat uh, on the play there for the touchdown to start the game. But uh, pretty much after that, I mean, Ohio State, from that point on, outscored Rutgers 49-3. to I think that'd be probably more what I would dwell on in my final analysis of this game. I just think, you know – it's hard to get up and play your best game every week. And I don't necessarily think in the first half that, that Ohio state was really all that dialed in. Uh, It was kind of a struggle at times, but Rutgers again, defensively has done outstanding work most of the season up till now. And so it wasn't a surprise to me that they made Ohio state work for everything they got, even down at the goal line. It took several times the the one uh, possession to punch it in So I'm not – I didn't come away from this thinking anything less about Ohio State, really, with what I saw. I was was generally very impressed with everything that I saw uh, here today. And obviously, Mayan Williams, to answer the bell and and be the every down back uh, for this team and to carry the load like he did, 21 carries for career high, 189 yards, five touchdowns, ties the school record. Uh, that's pretty impressive stuff, and uh, I think you got to be excited about uh, you know where, where things are headed with Mayan Williams because he he looks like he can be special you know at times uh, in this offense. So uh, for C.J. Stroud, uh, not maybe his greatest performance, but again, you got to give Rutgers a little bit of uh, of uh, credit here. Their their defense is not as bad as people want to make it out to be. I mean, they haven't given up many points all season, really. 
Uh, he was uh, 13 of 22 for 154 yards and two touchdowns against one interception. Not the huge, huge numbers that we've become accustomed with, but um, you know, at times I, I thought he made some really good throws and, and did some things. And and then this defense, I mean, they are coming into uh, form right before our eyes. Uh, only gave up 187 yards total offense to Rutgers here today, which is outstanding. Uh, anybody you play, I mean, they're going to improve, improve all their rankings uh, for uh, rush defense, pass defense, total defense, scoring defense. All those things are going to be greatly improved coming out of this game. So, uh, you know, Tommy Eichenberg, Steel Chambers, Zach Harrison, uh, they all played outstanding. Uh, who had the interception? Uh, was it Hickman? I forget who, who Chambers had the interception. Yes, that's yeah, right. yeah. So uh, outstanding play across the board. I thought on defense, uh, really no no deficiencies other than the touchdown in the red zone, uh, giving them a short field. Uh, you know that that's what a Big Ten team's going to do. They're going to they're going to score that touchdown against the best defense in the league. So I don't think that that uh, was a black mark by any means. You touched on Mayan Williams. I mean, like. Um... I don't know if surprise is the right word, but just your thoughts on the way he's playing through five games, maybe your expectations for him coming into the season. I think it's great that Travion Henderson could have played tonight, dressed. Um, but they're like, we don't need to risk it if he's a little dinged up. And then Mayan is just playing his butt off. Your thoughts on Mayan Williams, Steve? Uh, just outstanding. And it, it, it's a testament to how hard he's worked. I mean, uh, he came in, he was kind of a novelty as a freshman two years ago during the COVID year where he kind of got in there, there at the end of the season out of necessity and helped him out a little bit. Uh, ended up redshirting that year. He only played a, a couple, two, three games, and, and it was a free year for everybody anyway. Um, so uh, last year kind of scratched the surface of what he could do at times. And uh, I just thought, uh, you know, he, he everyone told us how hard he'd been working and that uh, don't just assume that it's Travion Henderson every down this year that uh, Mayan Williams is going to play. And from the third series against Notre Dame, when he got in there and, and ran like an angry man, you know, <laughs> against against Notre Dame. That's still the way I will typify that till the day I die is he got in there against Notre Dame and he rang with ran with anger in his heart <laughs> i love it i and, love and it he, he showed that again today he showed yeah. that again today down you know and you know did they have a couple problems down there at the goal line a couple times yeah you know was i real excited about i mean they spread the field one time and then tried to run it i'm like no 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 Right. Just get the jumbo, it. get Fryer in there as your jumbo guy, three tight ends, and, and you know, let's let's blow him off the ball. And uh, to Rutgers' credit, they made him earn it. And, again, you know, people can bag on Rutgers all they want. They're not very good. I know that. But, uh, you know, at least they're a pretty good, not very good team. <laughs> does that make any sense at all? It does. I know exactly what they're great on defense they're one of the five best defensive teams in the big 10 on offense they they and iowa are they are neck and neck right down there at the bottom in terms of uh offense between 13 and 14 i would say what do you think about this offensive line not just tonight ohio state's offensive line justin fry paris johnson had a play Mayan williams's long touchdown run that 70 yard run where paris johnson took his guy and just drove him from one hash mark to the other hash mark, <laughs> just, 
just destroyed him. It wasn't a pancake because the guy never like fell down, but he just like just 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 manhandled him. I love this offensive line. What are you seeing out of this O line? I agree. Uh, they had issues with penalties early in the season. I think that uh, they may have called one play today a sack, which you know was kind of a scramble. Um, he got tackled like at the line of scrimmage. So now they're up to three sacks in five games, maybe. And that one's kind of charitable. It's kind of a scoring decision more than they sacked him in the pocket or anything. So um, I don't know. Uh, they're outstanding. I mean, they're blowing holes open. The hole on the touchdown, as you said, I was like looking for, you know, I couldn't even find a guy in, in the area like to say who, who opened that hole because it was so big. I mean, the, they weren't even hardly in the frame. That's just kind of how big it was. So that was a great design play, too. They uh, came out on first down, and uh, I don't know. if he, It wasn't really a counter. It was kind of he ran it to the backside, I think, and uh, I don't think uh, Rutgers – believe that was going to be the play call because I think they'd been running a lot of first down plays to the front side and kind of kind of crossed Rutgers up on that play and there was nobody there and he slipped through whatever was there and was gone put it away and uh, one yard off his career long he had 71 yarder last year against Minnesota so uh, I was like fumbling through the books on that one but uh, 70 uh, pretty good uh, number two longest run for him so uh, yeah, you think you got to be very impressed with mine. Uh, you know, again, I agree with what uh, you and Patrick were saying about all the injured guys. You can get by Michigan State next week with whoever's available. Uh, we don't know about Tanner McAllister. We don't still know about uh, Cameron Brown. I don't think we're going to see Jackson Smith the Jigba until Iowa, maybe Penn State at the earliest. There's just no reason right. at this point to uh, to to put him in harm's way. So uh, I am uh, very intrigued by everything we're seeing out of the offensive line, uh, I, you know, I'd have to go back and watch the game. But, again, I give Rutgers a little bit of credit for making life a little bit difficult at times on them, but uh, really an outstanding effort on the whole. A couple of things we'll get you out of here. We have a question uh, from Stephen Cherry on YouTube. Thoughts on Michigan State next week. Michigan State's lost three straight. Getting into next week's matchup, a first road game for Ohio State. And also, Steve, your thoughts on Ohio State's defense through five games. Jim Knowles, everything he's done. Steel Chambers, the game of his life. Tommy Eichenberg playing his butt off. Your thoughts on the Michigan State game next week and your thoughts on this Ohio State defense through five games. Well, Michigan State is a prideful program, as we know, with Mel Tucker. Ohio State the last two years has rubbed Michigan's nose in it. The Larry Johnson game up there was like 50-12 to 12 or something like that, 50, 52-12 to 12 or something goofy. And then uh, and Michigan State wasn't any good that year. And then last year they had a pretty good team, came in here in like week 11, and Ohio State uh, blew them out 56-7. to 7. And uh, that was obviously very impressive what Ohio State did to them last year. Their running back, I think, got dinged up early in that game and didn't have much of a factor. And the score kind of got out of control early to where, you know, he wouldn't be involved in it. So anyway, so um, I look at it that uh, they are going to rally the troops uh, this coming week in East Lansing and try and turn things around. Didn't play particularly well. I think 27-13 today at uh, Maryland. So that's three straight losses for them. They're two and three. Their season is circling the drain. 
and it would mean the world to them if they're able to knock off Ohio State next week. They got enough guys back uh, uh, from the team that they have was really good last year to say there are some good football players there. They're just not playing good football right now. So I think you got to be a little bit wary. Plus, it's the first road game for a lot of guys who are in starting positions on this team who have never played in a road game before. So that's going to be interesting as well. And we don't know what some of the injured players are at Michigan State where where they're going to be as well uh, for that game. In terms of the defense, they're getting better with each passing week. Again, Rutgers not much of a test. One of the worst offensive teams in FBS football. So let's tap the brakes. You know, you know, don't let this Denny Green says don't crown them, you know, just yet. Uh, show me a, a really good offense uh, when you go up against them and you slam the door like this against them. Then, then we'll then we'll know a little bit more. But I like the defensive line. They're impacting the play. Uh, the calls by Jim Knowles. Every they they just seem to be uh, on the, They seem to be in lockstep with what where they need to be is where they usually are with this defense. I've not found it to be a thing where you sit here and you question. Uh, the, the call or anything like that. So I'm excited to see how it continues to grow and get better. That, that's kind of where I'm at with it. All right, last thing, let's get you out of here on this. Your final thoughts. They're five games through the season. They're 5-0. and oh, They're the number three team in the nation. Is this where you thought they'd be? Are they better than what you thought they'd be? Not yeah. what you thought they'd be? What do you yeah. think about this Ohio State team? I'm trying not to fall asleep here because it's been a long day already. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's get you out of here. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, there are days like this where I think Brian Day used the word, it looked clunky at times. It did look clunky at times. On both sides of the ball, it looked a little clunky at times. But, you know, the end result is when you win a Big Ten game by 39 points, that's pretty good. You know, I, I don't think you need to apologize to anybody for anything. The, the line for this game, 40 points, people who, who play money on a game where the line is 40 points, that's just like, you know, Close, close your eyes and, and pick a number. I mean, you there's no skill involved in trying to determine if a team's going to cover a spread of 40 points. I mean, that that's just, you know, people are going to be mad about that, but that's really got nothing to do with anything. They're playing solid football on both sides of the ball. Five games in, you got to like where this team's at. And uh, really, two more great opportunities coming up. Iowa's reeling. Michigan State is reeling. Knock those two out, and you go into Penn State at seven and zero, and you take your best shot, and then we'll know what what direction this season's headed. Probably after that game. Thank you, Steve Hellwagon. Appreciate your time, my friend. All right, Dave. All right, thanks, man. Yep. He is Steve Hellwagon. Great hearing from Steve. Thank you to Steve. Great hearing from Steve and Patrick, live from the Horseshoe. Absolutely love that. All right, we'll get the we'll get the show. Let's get a few more questions in here. Comments. David on YouTube says the corners are still a concern. I would agree with that. I mean, you look at the the lack of depth um, with the corners, um, and then the play itself. I mean, Denzel Burke wearing the number ten tonight. <laughs> Again, I had to like like I was like, who's number ten? Like, what is this? Um, I, I didn't think Cam Martinez was playing tonight. Um, Denzel Burke needs to be better. Like, flat out, just needs to be better. And Tim Walton needs to, to get him better. Like, he was good as a true freshman last year. There's no reason he should regress as a sophomore. No reason at all. Him and Tyleek Williams are the two guys as freshmen last year that I expected a lot out of this year that aren't living up to it. Okay, so Denzel Burke has to be better. Cam Brown needs to get healthy. 
Um, which, you know, that seems to be a tough ask. You know, some guy, and it, it's he's tough. It's not toughness with Cam Brown. He's tough as heck. Durability is a real thing, though. He's not durable, and he hasn't been. And some of that's bad luck. I get it. But some athletes are durable and some aren't. And some of it's bad luck. And some of it's, you know, you get lucky, you know, with injuries. But sometimes it's just like certain guys are just durable and certain guys aren't. Mike on YouTube, how far down is Reed Carrico? I mean, he's not in the mix at all. They're not using a Sam. They said that they might use a Sam linebacker here and there. If they did, it'd be him. But they're not using a Sam linebacker. So, right, I mean, to answer your question, Reed, Reed Carrico's redshirt freshman is buried on the depth chart. Like, now, is he going to be patient and wait for his turn and work? Or is he going to, like, go to the portal in the offseason? Something to keep an eye on. But Reed Carrico, he's playing on special teams, but he's not playing on defense. Here's a question. I think a lot of people might disagree with me on this. or be like, what are you talking about? This is from Mike on YouTube. Again, another question from Mike on YouTube. Do I think Chop will be, will be back next year? Do I think Mayan Williams will be back next year? No, I don't. Um, do I think he'll be a high draft pick? No, but he's a running back. We all know there's no, uh, not just in football, there's no position in sports period with a shorter shelf life than a running back in football. Like, n- name a sport, even in pitchers and baseball, Name a sport that has a high risk of injury. Like, there's nothing more than a running back in football. So, um, again, I don't think he'd be a high pick, but I think he'd be taken. You think he'd be a late pick and he'd make a roster. So, I don't think he'll be back next year. I hope I'm wrong. Wouldn't that be great to have him back and Travion and get Evan Pryor back healthy and have Dallin Hayden, TC Caffey, the big uh, the big uh, recruit they got coming in from Florida, that big that big guy. But no, to answer your question, I, I hope I'm wrong. I, I bet this is his last year. I mean, he's going to have a big year. He's already got eight touchdowns and like over like, what, he's got about 600 yards already. Michael says, O-line is the best unit on this team, run and pass blocking. Who thought we would say that? The O-line is the best unit on the team. I'll still say the quarterback is the best unit on the team. Oh, is that cheating? Is that cheating? I mean, listen, I mean, wide receivers up there. D-line, Eichenberg, I know it's like basically just two guys at linebacker, but you're on to something. I mean, I'm so impressed with this offensive line. I love how they're playing. Love, and they fit well together. Guards playing guards. Paris Johnson Jr., just that just that blind side, just completely just stonewalling everything that happens over there in pass pro. And then when he needs to run block, as we've talked about, there was that play where he just, just tossed that guy to the other side of the field. I'm here for it. We have Michael again saying the defense has rarely missed an assignment this year unlike every series the last couple of years. Right. I mean, coaching's huge. Everybody knows that stars matter. Everybody knows that recruiting is hugely important. We don't talk, we meaning other people, because I talk about it all the time. A lot of people don't talk about coaching enough. Coaching is paramount. You give me a B-plus roster and an A-plus coach versus an A-plus roster and a B-plus coach, Give me the A-plus coach. I bet I'll win. I'll take your team and beat my team. I'll take my team and beat your team. Coaching is paramount. Now, you can't have a D-minus roster against a B-plus roster or an A-plus roster against a C-minus roster, but if it's close, relatively speaking, 
Give me the better coach team. This is the exact same defense as last year, personnel-wise. Yeah, they're a year older. Same guys, markedly better because of coaching. Same thing we saw from 2018 to 2019. 2018, Ohio State was terrible defensively. 2019, Jeff Hafley comes in. Same guys, number one defense in the country. Okay, so obviously everybody knows there's all these straw man arguments out there like stars matter. Like everybody knows stars matter. Like there's not enough talk about coaching. Not enough talk about coaching. Brandon says, thanks for uh, what you do, Dave. Well, thank you, Brandon. Thank you for all of you for tuning in. I appreciate that. Um, it's it's my pleasure to do this. I, I love it. I grew up uh, from... When I was, I mean, as long as I can remember, I've been a diehard Buckeye fan. So to be able to do this for a living and talk to you guys about Buckeye football is a dream come true. So thank you for the nice um, comments. This is from John on Facebook. Shout out to Steel Chambers again. What a game. Exactly. I mean, he's played solid all year. I thought today was his coming out party. Good for Steel. Great young man, too. Great young man, too. So really, really, really happy for Steel Chambers. Happy for the Buckeyes that he played so well, but happy for Steel himself because uh, that was great to see him play so well um thank you dana uh thank you for uh the nice comments jeremiah yoder on youtube the defense definitely cannot be missing assignments especially against sparty take them and the crowd out early is a key yes um by the way i don't know if it's going to be that big of a problem michigan state's fans have got to be really down they've lost three straight games now and the last time ohio state lost a game in east lansing 1999 against nick saban 1999 against Nick Saban. Now, Michigan State at Ohio Stadium has given Ohio State fits at times, but for some reason, Ohio State just owns them in East Lansing. That doesn't mean that because that's what's happened since 1999, that's going to happen next week. I'm just saying. And by the way, the biggest thing is Michigan State's not good this year. They're just not good. Washington dominated them. 39-28 didn't even, didn't even do that game justice. Like Washington dominated Michigan State. Uh, Washington won 39-28, and Washington's not even good. They lost to UCLA last night, almost got blown out. Washington came back to make it look interesting, but UCLA almost blew them out in the Rose Bowl last night. Michigan State's not good. I mean, Minnesota, like, absolutely destroyed them. Minnesota looked like an NFL team compared to Michigan State when they played. So you never know what can happen. Everybody who follows Ohio State football knows Michigan State has ruined Ohio State seasons. I get that, but – don't be too worried about the game. I think Ohio. Uh, this is a focused Ohio State team. What does Ryan Day talk about? Competitive stamina. What does that mean? That means you've got to come with it every play, every day, every day at practice, every rep. It can't be like, okay, we're going to turn it on when we need to. It's like, no, we're going to keep it turnt, as the kids say, at all times. We're going to keep it on that level. We're not going to be like, oh, we, now we got to turn it up a little bit. Like, no, no. Competitive stamina, always being on that elite level. I don't think you have to worry about it. Ohio State, what happened last year, woke them up. From everybody I've talked to during the offseason, what they did, I mean, this was a focused, hungry team, and we're seeing it. We're seeing a physical, fast, hungry team, and I love it. Bilal says uh, that loss to Nick Saban. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the last loss to Nick Saban was not in East Lansing. Yeah, I, I got you. Yeah, I meant the last loss to Michigan State. Obviously, the last loss to Nick Saban was not in East Lansing. Yeah. By the way, he got like half of Ohio State's team that night. Yeah, congratulations. Um, 
I don't think it really would have mattered. That Alabama team was loaded, but it would have been a closer game. Jimmy's saying he still remembers that 2015 game and the kicker doing the windmill and the slide with no time left. I know. I know. Hey. Terrible, terrible, terrible coaching by Ohio State in that game. 2015. You get Ed Warner and Tim Beck as your offensive coordinator. Oh, my God. Just awful. Absolutely awful. And that's on, that was on Urban. They didn't hire themselves. That was on Urban. Like, they got fat and happy after they won the national title. They had an NFL all-star team in 2015, and they lost to that Michigan State team with backup quarterbacks, by the way. I know it was a monsoon. And for people that say that Zeke, Zeke, uh, that Zeke Elliott should have got the ball like 30 times in that game, don't forget he was in the hospital like for two days that week. Uh, with this strange illness, this virus that he came down with. Um, so he was not at full strength. Still, Ed Warner and Tim Beck were were as much over their heads as offensive coordinators as Kerry Combs was as a defensive coordinator. You know, do I need to make it any, any more clear than that? It was awful. Yeah, Michael, yes, Michigan State has ruined Ohio State seasons in 74, 98, 2003, and 2015. I agree. So don't forget that. Don't take them easy. I'm just telling you, though. I mean, Ohio State has owned them in East Lansing since 1999. Michigan State has not partied since it's 1999, since it was 1999. All right, we're going to get it wrapped up here. Uh, we'll get a few more questions in here. Phillips says he felt like Stroud forced passes today. I, I saw that a few times, you know. Um, I give Rutgers defense some credit, um, I, I thought, but I also thought it wasn't Stroud's best game by any means i'm being kind um but still a voice in the choir we get a shout out to uh, Jaden fielding he says the buckeye kickoff guy is an upgrade compared to other kickers in recent memory usually it's a touchback now yes Jaden fielding is a uh walk on preferred walk on gray shirt enrolled in the uh he was at img um will probably be on scholarship next year because i assume he'll take noah ruggles a scholarship um but yeah Jaden fielding's been really nice that's a nice little uh find as a walk on get tc caffey as a walk on getting some of those nice preferred walk-ons i know, look at this you have jimmy pointing out 2015 on senior day against michigan state he had ezekiel elliott joey bosa michael thomas You say JT, but that's not – oh, well, I mean, it was senior day. It wasn't JT senior day. But, yeah, I mean, you had senior day for a lot of, like, great, great, great Buckeyes in 2015, and that's how – that was our last game in Ohio Stadium. So, whatever. They won the national championship the previous year. That's what they'll always be remembered for. That's what they'll always be remembered for. Yeah, we have people asking, like, uh, yeah, of course C.J. Stroud is going pro after this year. Yes, yes, we all know this. C.J. Stroud is going pro after this year. Steven says, save JSN for PSU. Steven, I hope he's able to come back that early, okay? They never should have brought him back as early as they did. We all know you don't need to be a physician to know that no injuries in sports linger longer than hammies. We all know just from following sports. They brought him back too early. I hope they, they sit him out as long as necessary. The earliest I want to see him back is Penn State. I mean, to say to save him for Penn State, I mean, that's the earliest he should come back, in my opinion, is Jackson Smith and Jigba. All right, last question here. Roger, can our defense stop Michigan running back Blake Corum? It is a concern. I do think they can. I've watched Michigan these last two weeks, and they're a good team. They are good. They're really good. 
I'm not that concerned about it, though. Maryland gave them everything they could handle. If not for the opening kickoff going off that kid's face mask and Michigan recovering at the 10, giving them an easy touchdown like three seconds into the game. I mean, after that, it was 27-all. Michigan won that game 34-27, and that was with getting a gift touchdown to open the game. And Maryland's a really good offense. I want to point that out. Like, Maryland is a really good offense. They really are. With Tunga Vailoa, and they've got four really good wide receivers. They've got two good running backs, and they've got a good offensive line. Still, I mean, even today, I mean, Michigan won in Iowa City, which is not an easy place to win, but they don't – it just – especially with Ohio State's going to be so motivated coming into that game. And all right, take that out of the equation. Let's say there was nothing. It wasn't even that. But that's that's a big part of the mental side of sports is big. I like this Ohio State roster better than I like Michigan's roster. And Michigan has a good roster. I love this Ohio State coaching staff. And Michigan has a good coaching staff. Jim Harbaugh has kind of proven me wrong over the last year. I thought he was a joke. I thought he had lost it. When he was hired at Michigan, I thought I was like, uh-oh. Because I had a high risk. And then he did terrible, I thought, like his first few years at Michigan overall, relatively speaking. Not like terrible like compared to like Rich Rod. But he's got it together now. Um, and he's put together a pretty good staff. Now, they don't have Mike McDonald as their D coordinator. Um, he, he was fantastic last year. He's now back with the Ravens. But I like this Ohio State roster better than I like Michigan's roster. I like this Ohio State coaching staff better than I like Michigan's coaching staff. Again, I like Michigan's roster and coaching staff. Both are good, but I like Ohio State's better, and they've got to come to the horseshoe. For the first time in four years, we've never said that. And even though I said they take this out of the equation, let's put it back in. The revenge factor is a real thing, okay? It's not just that they lost to Michigan. It's all of the chirping. Born on third base, think you hit a triple. November 26th is coming, and it's going to be a bad day for Michigan. I appreciate you guys for joining me on the podcast. Um Really been uh, fun talking to you guys. Another win for the Buckeyes, 49 to 10. So, like, the spread was 40 and a half to open. Then it went up to 41. Then I looked today, it came down to 39. So, the spread was 39. Ohio State wins by exactly 39. How about that? So, uh, glad uh, Greg Schiano and Ryan Day did not come to fisticuffs, although I kind of like the little barking back and forth. I like seeing Day. Ryan Day's a tiger, man. Don't let him, don't let the nice guy at the press conference fool you. Ryan Day is a tiger. Like he's, a, he's, he's not to be messed with and he was ready to get after it. So uh, I like this win. Um, good win for the Buckeyes. Felt like they could have like won by more if they really, really wanted to. Rutgers hung in there early. Um, I like where this Ohio State team is at overall after five games. Michigan State, first game on the road next week. I will see you. Right after that game, right here on What We Learned Live, we'll also have, of course, Bucknuts Front Row, or excuse me, Front Row Radio. I'm going, like, way back. <laughs> Bucknuts Morning 5, Front Row Radio. That was, like, what, like 10 years ago we used to do that? We had the first Buckeye uh, podcast. We didn't even know it was a podcast. We just called it, like, online radio because we didn't even know what a podcast was at the time. We launched Front Row Radio, like, in 2006 or something like that. So, uh, anyway, uh, I'll be with you um, and Dan Rubin all week on the Bucknuts Morning 5. I'll be with you next week on what we learned live right after the Michigan State game. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you to all of the questions and comments. Appreciate you guys very much. I'd like to thank uh, Patrick Murphy and Steve Hellwagon for their insights, joining us live from the Horseshoe. Loved hearing from them. Again, thanks to all of you. Really appreciate it. Um, hope all of you enjoy the rest of your evening. Hope you enjoy watching the rest of the college football tonight. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Thanks again. Go Bucks. Go Bucks.